Stay tuned for a cover to cover Javelin's Bistro. Welcome to Cover to Cover Javelin's Bistro. It's good to be with you this Wednesday afternoon under these gorgeous skies of Berkeley and Oakland and Richmond and San Francisco. And today I have a guest for you to talk about the world of theater and open that door to drama, to story. And my guest today is Wayne Harris. He's an actor, performer. Uh, what this particular show he has is he's the performer of Mother's Milk. Mother's Milk, a blues and gospel play in three acts. And it runs April 26th through May 31st at the Marsh Berkeley. That's at 2120 Austin Way, Berkeley. 8 p.m. Fridays, Mother's Day performance at 2 p.m. on Sunday, May 13th. And the tickets are $20 to $35 sliding scale. And if you want to reserve your seat, for those of you who are big fans of Wayne's, then you want to go ahead on and pay that $55 to $100 and go ahead on and sit right up there in the, and reserve it. And you can get those tickets at themarsh.org or call 415-282-3055. And Wayne will repeat that later on in the show. Wayne Harris, award-winning music-infused, spiritual, and uplifting Mother's Milk, comes to the Marsh Berkeley in a vibrant, revised production. Original songs, traditional blues, and gospel classics come together to underscore an intricate and uplifting narrative on a life, death, and the Baptist church, not to mention the best recipe ever for banana pudding. And we're going to have to debate that. (laughs) (laughs) Set against the background of the civil rights movement, a losing battle with breast cancer, and a slightly inebriated preacher, Mother's Milk tells the story of a young black man finding his way back home. Hi, Wayne. How you doing? Good afternoon, Javelin. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's good to see you again and see you. Uh, I'll be coming to your show uh, to see what's happening in your story. So I just gave an overview of the story. Of the story. Tell me your inspiration of why you decided to write this story, a new, uh, another version, and bring more to it. What was the inspiration at this time, right now? Well, Javelin, early on, um, I came to storytelling and to solo performance pretty late in life okay. uh, through a series of workshops. Uh, I started uh, dramatizing journals I had written uh, during the years when I was going back home during my mother's illness um, in order to kind of find my way through those challenges, I started journaling. And then uh, that kind of uh, made its way onto the stage. Uh, Some of the stories uh, we're going to hear in this version of Mother's Milk were actually written back then. And um, And what years were that? That was uh, late 90s. Late 90s, okay. uh, When I wrote uh, probably the, the seeds of what is now Mother's Milk. 
and uh, through the uh, uh, kind of guidance and direction uh, of David Ford early on in my career, I've been able to to really start to 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 realize uh, my my potential as a storyteller and really start to uh, 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 expand on how we are producing and designing uh, this production. In particular, uh, in the past. Uh, these stories have been done in a black box situation. Um, I'm really excited that we are opening up the production in more ways than one. We have uh, uh, done some uh, uh, adjustments in terms of the soundtrack and the music, uh, but we're also opening up the stage literally and and creating more depth, more locations, and uh, uh, kind of just producing uh, uh, the piece a little bit more and really kind of digging into uh, the uh, kind of vast diversity of, of place in the story. So that's and that's wonderful. So now we, so first of all, David Ford is is a staple at the Marsh, and he has facilitated many solo artists and shaped their stories for stage. He runs classes to, to take uh, actors or those who are inspiring to tell their story and work with them to be able to tell their story as he did you. Took the seas yes, out of your does. journal and, and helped them uh, to harvest on stage. And thus there is Wayne Harris. Now, so now what's happening, and for those of you who don't know what a black box is, it really literally is. You walk in the theater, there's a seat, and in front of you is just a space, and it's uh, usually an empty space with maybe one or two props. And what you're saying is you and David, for the depth of this story and the location in which you're so you're traveling on the stage to different spots is that what we're hearing yes and and um you know uh, somewhat uh, typically storytelling solo performances are kind of a two dimensional linear kind of movement you know, based on the space, uh, we're exploring depth now in ways and uh, uh, levels in ways that we we haven't done in the past, which allows us to create uh, locations and really have the the story move with purpose from one place to the other, uh, a little bit more tangibly than we've seen in the past. What I appreciate about the story, Wayne, is that and having without having seen it, but just reading um, about the blurb about what's going to happen is that we don't hear the story of what's it like for a son to be dealing with his mom's breast cancer. And that, and then not only that, but to be able to go back to the place in which, where you grew up yes. and then, and, and who's there and what that's like and the, the different layers and, and textures. And that's, that's a very, that's the possibility of a very rich story. We don't hear the voice of a child. Javelin, it's one of the reasons why I love sharing yeah. this story yeah. with, with people in mm-hmm. any way I can. Um, you know, uh, at that time, uh, uh, you know, a young man questioning religion, questioning uh, the tenets, the dogmas of religion, but having this this experience through my mother of, of seeing true love and unconditional love and acceptance um, and, and trying to, to uh, come to terms with that as I help and struggle with my mother's uh, passing. And uh, it really, I think, connects with a lot of people in their, their travels and their challenges, uh, uh, classic uh, family uh, uh, dynamics uh, uh, that we all deal with, and and here's an opportunity to to look back on it 
uh, through the lens of love and, and to see the lessons that were learned and, and, and the, uh, uh, the, the fullness and richness of the experience that, uh, that I had growing up as a child that, you know, sometimes you forget about when you're, uh, you know, a young man moving on and, you know, yeah. working through the world, you forget how important those early lessons are and, and where your strength came from. And how old were you uh, when it was going on, when you started the journaling and you was going, traveling back? Well, you see, I had, I had left St. Louis when I was about 17 years old. Right. And uh, I traveled all over. Actually, uh, I was uh, teaching and, and participating in marching bands, drum and bugle corps. That was my life. And, and Javelin, we would travel to do parades. We traveled to do field competitions. But I loved traveling away from St. Louis. So mm-hmm. I kept traveling. I marched with better groups until I ended up in California. And I was, I, I left home by 17 years old and uh, ended up in Canada teaching kids in Canada how to march and, and lived on the West Coast for quite a few years uh, and would be in touch with home, you know, every once in a while by phone. It wasn't until I was late 20s when I got a call from my older sister. She told me about my mother's breast cancer, and, and Javelin, I didn't even know she was sick. So that started my journey back home. Um, started the journaling and started the path to the story I'm going to be telling uh, at the Berkeley Marsh. So you ran away from home marching. <laughs> I marched away from <laughs> home. <laughs> you so, so unique. You're going to run away from home by marching. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody else taking off. You marched your way from home. Like, I'm good. And, and so now, if anyone has ever experienced your work, because as I'm listening to this story, it's like, oh, my heart. It's like, oh. But we all know that there's no way, Wayne, that you're going to tell a story without breaking our hearts and singing us a song and doing your thing and making <laughs> us laugh. And in this case, you're going to give us the best recipe for... Banana pudding. Right. And, so, I, and I'll stand by my mama's banana pudding I, recipe. Well, now that I know it was hers, I ain't going to say nothing about <laughs> it. I, just, <laughs> I ain't going to say nothing. So you include uh, original music? Yes. Uh, I'm very fortunate to be working with uh, Randy Craig and John McArdle, uh, pianist and and bassist. And uh, they've done amazing work uh, as a band. We've created original songs, uh, both uh, blues and gospel-oriented. But we're also uh, utilizing some of the iconic uh, gospel pieces that you may be familiar with, uh, Reverend James Cleveland amongst them, and but also uh, Blind Willie Johnson and, and some blues, some down-home blues. So there's this combination of, of the blues and the gospel, which uh, are somewhat of a metaphor for my mom and my, and my daddy, you know? And, uh, those two energies, and so and you and it was St. Louis where you was raised. I was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Absolutely. Right. And so, um, listening audience, if you're really paying attention, even if you're driving, etc., I'm going to play a game in a few moments. Right? <laughs> I haven't told Wayne Uh-oh. this, but I'm going to play a game, and the game is going to be there's going to be something that I'm going to ask Wayne, or I've already asked him, and he's going to give away two tickets to the show. 
And Absolutely. I'm going to ask the question in about, I'd say, 10 minutes. Uh-oh. So listen closely to the show. <laughs> it may have already been said. I'm asked a question, and the caller who calls in with the answer is going to get them two tickets to the show. So pay attention. Good luck, uh, y'all. Yeah, good luck, because he's given some juicy details about his life. And so uh, one of those things, I'm writing notes and say, oh, which question? So stay tuned, so pay attention. So, Wayne, give us a moment in the show. Set us up. Radio is a wonderful place to tell story. Give us a song. Give us a moment in the play, if you will. Let us close our eyes. Not if you're driving, though. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Pull over. (laughs) (laughs) Like, pull over and enjoy. All right, so give us uh, about uh, a minute of wonderfulness. When them lightning bugs is flying... And the sun be getting low On a Mississippi city As the street lights start to glow Uh-oh. Holding on to a love A never-ending torch Ooh. Like a warm St. Louis evening Ouch. Sitting on the porch Ooh. I knew this woman named Ruth. Her face was round like the moon. And when she smiled, her cheeks puffed up like biscuits rising. She loved raising babies, cooking, and singing in the church choir. And she made the best banana pudding I have ever had. Yes, Lord. (laughs) The best banana pudding I have ever had. That's my mama. Oh, yes. Wait a minute. And her cheeks rose like biscuits. Mm. Ain't that something? Yeah. And you really do have the recipe. I do have the recipe. In fact, I uh, <laughs> I still have the actual uh, copy that she sent me in her own handwriting. I laminated it years ago. And, and every once in a while I take a look at it. And I she actually repeats the banana pudding recipe during the play. And I take her actual words to, uh, to to share that with the audience. And when does the play run it again? It is running April 26th through March 31st. Those are Friday nights at 8 yeah. with a special Mother's Day performance at 2 o'clock. Actually, on May 12th okay. is, is Mother's Day. And you can get tickets at uh, themarsh.org, you know, and be... Really happy to have as many people come and share this story as possible. You know, that would be... Now, I'm actually in rehearsal on Mother's Day, so I can't... I wouldn't be able to come. But I would... That would be something I would do. I'm going to come another night, but if I wasn't in, in the middle of directing a show myself, I would be there Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. I would go have brunch somewhere and then come to... And to uh, see the show and, and have me a, a, a new banana pudding recipe to take home with me. You know, uh, Javelin, a lot of uh, theater, solo theater in particular, speaks to the challenges that parents have, the mistakes they can make that, you know, create uh, uh, some real problems for us. And, and this story does speak to, to those, those two sides of family. But it's, um, 
it's it's honoring my mother. Honoring. It is it is taking the time to to realize how important those lessons are and how much they've been a guide to me to this point. So uh, it's a it's an opportunity for folks to come out and celebrate their mom along with my mom, whether they're here or not, and and just just take stock of of of, of what a what a mother offers. And you know, a lot of times as mothers, and I'm a mom, we don't. We 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 kind of make up stuff uh, as we go along, and then we take stuff <laughs> right, and then we right. take stuff we've heard and realize later, like that was the wrong advice I took from so and so, and we make some really terrible, interesting, funny mistakes. Uh, but the, at the end of the day, I think a lot of our mothers and fathers would say it was out of love and. Out of ignorance, but Absolutely. it was out of love. It was out of love. And, and uh, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that it took me a while to understand that and realize that. To understand that um, even when she made those mistakes, those mistakes were made out of love. Mm. And uh, as I've made my mistakes, <laughs> mm-hmm. I can appreciate that even more and more as time goes by. Who are some of the characters inside of your uh, show? Well, we got Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill. Now, Uncle Bill's just concerned about having all them lights on in the house. <laughs> Unless you paying the damn electric bill, turn off the damn lights. Mm-hmm. We got my sister mm-hmm. who, um, unfortunately, has been ill for many years, bipolar. And the struggles that the family has relative to uh, her daughters and dealing with this situation, and uh, she's a little bit, uh, a, a little bit uh, difficult to deal with. I ain't going nowhere with you. You don't know me, and I don't know you. Y'all may look like my daughters, and you may look like my brother. But I know them very well, and you are certainly not them. Mm. So it kind of dabs into that whole community that I grew up in, north side of St. Louis. The north side of St. Louis. So I'm going to now, here's a question for the listeners. I'm going to give out the number first. That's 510-848-4425. And that would be two tickets to Mother's Milk that's playing at the Marsh. And the question that I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask two different questions, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, Wayne is going to be playing music, some some blues tunes that we're familiar with. What is one of the musicians that he mentioned that he'll be doing excerpts of in the show? Oh, that's, that's a good a hard question. And then, what did his mama cheeks rise like? Now, that should be easy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the callers call in. Again, the number is 510-848-4425. So what was mentioned, one of the musicians, blues singers, that he's going to be uh, using in the show, and what did Ruth's cheeks rise like? Come on now. All right. And then I'll throw <laughs> another one in there, just in case them two seem kind of confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Where was Wayne born? 
Now that now you have two real easy ones. I see the engineers ready to hit the phone and, and pick it up. So the winner, and you will uh, pick up your tickets at the Marsh. He'll put you on will call for one of the nights of your choice. What nights Absolutely. again do they have? I want to give these tickets away. We are Friday nights. There are tickets available. Well, the premiere is or the preview is April twenty sixth okay. with the the official opening. And little gala afterwards is May 3rd, okay. uh, but through the 31st, every Friday at 8, mm-hmm. are the special Mother's Day show on May 12th. I want to give these tickets away, y'all. Yes. What was, so in shaping this play for this run, first let's go back a little bit and talk about some of the other work you've done. And with some of the other shows, I, I think I saw the one with the, the marching band. Yes, yes, Uh Part of my (laughs) story is that uh, I was very involved in marching bands and drum and bugle corps. And um, and, uh, uh, David uh, Ford, uh, my director, over the years, he would hear all these stories about my adventures, you know, being a marching band geek, you know, and and seeing the passion and the, the, the lessons learned. So he and I put a piece together, which turned out to be instead of all of my big adventures, it was about my very first parade when I was eight years old and the adventures beyond uh, behind that. And so that was the May Day Parade. But recently, uh, I have been doing uh, a project uh, with uh, with my band, which, by the way, the Craig and McGregor band every Wednesday night are kind of my uh, my musical blessings. Uh, I work yeah. with various members of of that band, both Randy Craig and John McCardle are members of that band. Mm-hmm. And we have been working with the poetry of Langston Hughes. Yes. And I've been working on a piece uh, that uh, incorporates uh, uh, Langston's uh, poetry, but we've also set, uh, as people have done in the past, we've set quite a bit of his poems to music. So uh, uh, that's going on. But what we're finding in this piece, and it's still kind of percolating, we've performed it several times already, though. What we're finding is how relevant uh, Langston Hughes' words are to the the environment we find ourselves in these days. So that's really become kind of the next um, uh, uh, project that we're kind of muddling through. Is there a particular piece of Langston's that you're working on one of his poems? Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, Make America Great Again. Langston has a piece called it? Yes, he does. Can you recite? You know, you caught me off guard. I, That's okay. I, I would hate to try it without, okay. without doing That's it okay. correctly. That's okay. I have to look that up. Yes. And uh, obviously the irony uh, <laughs> behind the, uh, the yeah. title and it certainly speaks to an America that, uh, uh, you know, you sometimes wonder, you know, America great again, but for who? Right. And so it speaks to that. And that, that piece was, uh, was written in 1935. You know, one of the things I've learned in regards to things that has occurred in the past that is relevant current time is— it's really around democracy, and this was said by uh, Betty Solskin, if I'm saying it right, and she is um, a well-known person here in the Bay Area in some circles. And she said, democracy is cyclical. 
And so it keeps coming around and it shapes itself differently. Mm-hmm. But the work of democracy continues. Yes. So whereas if we look at democracy 500 years ago, it may not even have existed as a, as a way of life. But then when it was introduced, it, it gets better and better, even when we feel it's hard. So it's nice to revisit others who also spoke to the story of democracy, like yes. Langston and others. And, and I've said this to you, Wayne, in, uh, off air. I believe that you, myself, and other artists out here of all different backgrounds are creating our own renaissance. Mm-hmm. And every turn of the century, every historically, this is a truth, that every turn of the century, and I know we're 19 years into it, depending on what calendar, artists uh, and others create consciousness and that consciousness lasts a hundred and so years. So what jazz and blues and the Renaissance did then, it shaped our consciousness. Hmm. So we're living off the consciousness of those before us. And what we're doing right now shapes the conscious, consciousness of those born now and those unborn. And that's why it's important to go to theater. So I noticed that... Um, the engineers hung up, so uh, I think maybe some folks got the... They was listening, Wayne, and... Well, let's hope. They have the answers, I hope so. But but to speak to, to yes. what you just mentioned, yeah. a, a couple of things. The idea of America as a, as a living, breathing, evolving idea, Mm-hmm. It's one of the things I do remember that, that Langston said, and he puts it so succinctly. He says that America is not historical. There's no promise. America is aspirational. Mm-hmm. And I think if we keep that in mind, that cycle that you talked about, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we're able to handle it more because we, you know, there's, there's the idea of, of, of hope and, yeah. and moving forward. But I tell you, you know, these are trying trying times and the, um, the good news i know the good news about these trying times the good news is that we're not alone historically there's always been these trying times and there's you always been not, artists artists but there you to articulate right, the all the folks that you are uh singing is blind willie See, I gave the answer, gave Uh the answer, Uh so you can't cheat and call now and say, wait, that's what. So they they were singing of trying times. And so that's the good news, that the trying times are our times, and and the joyous times is our times. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're here as artists, to express all of that, to say, wait, this is a human time. And to really get deep inside of what's it like to be alive and the trying and the sweet time and the love time that you mentioned in some of your parts. Uh, Why the title? Why did you choose a very enticing, very engaging title? Why that? Mother's Milk. There was a a moment where we're standing around my mother's hospital bed in a prayer circle. We're holding hands and I'm looking down at her, and she's just so happy and smiling with us all holding hands and singing an old Baptist moaning song, you know? (laughs) And I'm looking down at her, and and all I can think of is, they are going to cut your breast right off, Mom. You know, I want to know, is she ready for this? And those moments where I'm doubting, 
But then I remembered, as I worried about, you know, them cutting the warmth out right along with my, my mother's left breast, I, I remember being a child and, and climbing up on her lap mm. and the warmth that came from my mother. I thought it came directly from her breast. So when I started to put these stories together, I didn't want to take away from that raw mother-child connection. Mother's Milk, playing at the marsh. Go online, a couple of you have tickets. Thank you, Wayne Harris, for spending this time with me in Joplin's Bistro. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye, y'all. Until next time. Sanders is a Democratic Socialist. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a Democratic Socialist. To define just what a socialist is, KPFA will present Bhaskar Sunkara, editor of Jacobin Magazine and author of the urgent new book, Socialist Manifesto, The Case for Radical Politics in an Era of Extreme Inequality. Sunkara will be in conversation with KPFA's Sasha Lilly, Monday evening, May 13th, 7.30, at First Congregational Church, 2345 Channing Way in Berkeley. There's wheelchair access at this KPFA benefit. Get tickets at independent bookstores or online at brownpapertickets.com. Naomi Klein insists Sunkara delivers a razor-sharp guide to socialism's history, transformative promise, and path to power in these make-or-break times. She's right. Monday, May 13th.